Today's homily reflects on a bronze statue in front of the Basilica of St. Francis in Assisi. In the podcast notes, there's a link to a high-resolution image of that statue. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Eliah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Eliah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. And from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. We usually hear the Transfiguration Gospel on the second Sunday of Lent, but today we hear the story in a different context. In 1945, on August the 6th, the Feast of the Transfiguration, we dropped the first atom bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima. For our generation, the cloud covering Jesus on the mountaintop and the cloud rising from the atom bomb are forever intertwined. The newly released movie Oppenheimer takes us back to the making of the atom bomb. During the test firing in Alamogordo, New Mexico, Oppenheimer quoted the Bhagavad Gita If the radiance of a thousand suns were to burst at once into the sky, that would be like the splendor of the Mighty One. I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. The Transfiguration, like the Feast of the Assumption, celebrates the promise of human solidarity in transformation. What has happened to Jesus will happen also to us. The Son of Man of the Gospels is also the Son of Man, the human figure of Daniel's dream. Daniel's vision comes from a very dark place. It begins as a nightmare of monsters, beasts of hybrid parts embodying the confusion and horror of the successive empires of the ancient world. Like the beasts... The one like a son of man is not just a ruler, but a reign, an empire. The one like a son of man inaugurates the reign of God and of the saints. Daniel envisions the monstrous empires falling away before a reign with a human face. 
Jesus and the women and men who were his companions in the Reign of God movement lived under yet another plundering empire. In this context, Jesus and his companions preached a reign in which the hungry are fed, the sick healed, the afflicted comforted, the prisoners set free, and there is constant good news for the poor. Like many others, Jesus died at the hands of Rome, condemned in the Roman imperial self-interest. Just before going up the mountain, Jesus made it clear for the first time that he was on his way to Jerusalem to suffer, to be put to death, and to be raised up on the third day. The Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father, but not in the way we might expect. On our pilgrimage to Italy next month, we'll be visiting the town of Assisi in the Umbrian Mountains. There's a bronze statue on the front lawn of the Basilica of St. Francis. The statue is called Il Ritorno di Francesco, the Return of Francis. Somewhat unexpectedly, St. Francis is depicted wearing armor and sitting atop an armored horse. He is positioned so that if he were to look up, he would gaze across the broad valley above which his beloved Assisi is perched. But the man on the horse does not look up. Instead, he looks down, his head slouched in shame. In 1202, at the age of 20, Francis joined a military raid undertaken by Assisi against their rivals to the north, Perugia. He was taken prisoner and was nearly broken by a year of imprisonment. Even so, upon his release, he returned to the carefree lifestyle for which he was known. In 1205, Francis agreed to join a knight from Assisi, enlisting in a papal army to fight in a conflict in southern Italy. Francis departed from Assisi, but was forced to rest at Spoleto due to an illness. It was there that he had a dream ordering him to return to Assisi. In the dream, he heard a voice say, Follow the master rather than the servant. From the point of his return to Assisi, Francis was a changed man. We know that Francis would eventually live a life of heroic virtue and sanctity, inspiring countless others to follow in his footsteps. But when Francis returned to Assisi, no one knew what the future held. All that was seen was a lone rider a failure or coward or something in between, passing into the city in shame. The return of Francis freezes the future saint in a moment of worldly shame, shot through with the potentiality those with the benefit of hindsight cannot fail to see. Wearing unused armor upon a war horse, too ashamed to look up, the failed soldier sits across from God's response, the Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi. If only the man on the horse 
would lift his head. He would see that the valley he knew so well had become a place of peace and spiritual renewal for countless pilgrims. If only the man on the horse would lift his head, he would see that his return to Assisi was only the first step in the campaign for which he was created. On Mount Tabor, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. This same voice spoke over the waters of the Jordan River. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus' ministry begins in the Jordan Valley, the lowest spot on the face of the earth. Not in splendor and glory on the high mountain, but in the lowest place. The way of Jesus is the way for us. We must first go down in order to go up. Peter, James, and John walk down the mountain with Jesus, but there is yet another mountain to climb. Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem on Mount Zion to offer his life as a sacrifice on the cross. Lift up your heads, raise your eyes, see what God is preparing for us. In the words of the letter to the Hebrews, for the sake of the joy which lay ahead of him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Follow him.